0: Howdy, partner, and welcome to Tom Thanksgiving. I'm your host Elvis, and uh, before we get to the proper episode today, let me go through a couple of uh, housekeeping announcements. If you're listening to this in real time as it drops, first of all, we've been gone for quite a while, a lot longer than we were uh, initially intended our hiatus to be. Uh, here's a couple things that happened. We changed our parent company. Uh, um, from Utter Entertainment back to Splat Studios. So if you're looking for us, we're at splatstudios.com once more. Uh, feels great to be back and all that good stuff. More information on that in other venues. Uh, we also launched a brand new side project to go alongside uh, Tom Thanksgiving. Giving. So now that the podcast is back, if you haven't uh, yet seen it, uh, you can find um, we're doing a tie-in video series. Uh, called Tom Hanks Giving Leftovers, where if you go to youtube.com slash studios, you'll find uh, the first eight episodes. Every uh, podcast we do, whichever, every Tom Hanks movie we talk about, we're now recreating a scene from it uh, with the lowest budget possible, uh, just for laughs and uh, a lot of good stuff. We've right now... We have every single one coming uh, that we've already done, every podcast we've done. So we've got a great one where we're doing Castaway that we shot in a pool. We've got uh, the Money Pit. Every single one we've talked about. There's a version. There's a little scene snippet that we've recreated, and that's going to be a regular weekly thing. So a whole lot of retooling here on the show, Uh, and we're also now, uh, if you're getting this as it happens, uh, on Tuesdays. So it'll be Tom Hanks Tuesdays. We're releasing the new podcast. And then Wednesdays, that uh, week's corresponding Tom Hanks giving leftovers video will come out on the Splat Studios channel on YouTube. Um, You can find all that information at SplatStudios.com, of course. Oh, and uh, a note uh, for this episode coming in. I keep pronouncing it Ken Levine one of the screenwriters of the film. His name is pronounced Ken Levine. Ken Levine is more the uh, the Bioshock writer. We're talking about the Frasier writer, the Cheers writer, the writer of Volunteers. And I think that's all I have to say. So uh, very excited to be back, very excited to move forward. So uh, let's jump into this podcast with Volunteers. Hi everyone we're here today with mr
1: cody camp that's me hey. cody camp
0: uh welcome to the show hey uh Cheers. how's it going it's going great um this is
1: my first podcast with you elvis and i gotta say as a podcast veteran from several other
0: ones I'm, I'm actually super excited to be here today with you well we're very glad to have you on tom hanksgiving and uh what is it what is your what did you bring to the table what did you we, we met we've met in friends for a while yeah and uh when i told you you have a tom hanks movie you want to talk about you
1: Picked volunteers, actually, yeah. Right off the bat, that was the first one I thought of. Um, not because of the obscurity of it, but just because I remember watching this movie uh, when I was younger. It would be one of those movies that I'd just kind of pop in the VHS into the old tape deck and and watch it, and not even like you know, you could be like full monitor or something like that, and watch this movie, and still get like little bits that just are hilarious. And then also, if you just want to sit down and watch it with a buddy, like, you can you can get some pretty laugh-out-loud, funniest parts, you know?
0: This is a, yeah, this is a great, it's a great, it, it the movie involves you if you're watching it, but it's, a, it's also a good hangout movie. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a stellar comedy. Yeah. I, I had not seen it before we just watched it. This is a fun little movie, so well done, well chosen. And I think, uh, if I'm uh, not mistaken, we just passed the 30th year anniversary. It yeah. came out in August of 1985. Uh, it's directed by Nicholas Meyer, who went on to do, what was that other movie? Uh, he did Star Trek II, Wrath of Wrath Khan. Wrath of Khan, yeah, right this is, after
1: this. This is the guy who jumped, actually, I think he jumped from Wrath of Khan to this. This was after Wrath yeah, of Khan? Yeah, this was after Wrath of Khan. Wow. Wrath of Khan was 83, this is 85. He, uh, he went from literally, possibly one of the best Star Trek movies,
0: to of, literally a time. Possibly one of the best Tom Hanks movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's a hard thing. Cause it's debatable. It's 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 a God moved a chair upstairs. So. Well, yeah, we apologize <laughs> if there's a little bit of sound effects. Uh, we're we're recording it just like they had uh, the filming in the '80s, where it was like the best they could get. Yeah, uh, we're working on getting more microphones. That's that's news for another day, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, directed by Nicholas Meyer, came from Wrath of Khan. Right and to this amazing little film, uh, written by, or the story was by Keith Critchlow, and it was written by uh, Ken Levine and David Isaacs, the co-writing uh, team who were producers and writers on Cheers, uh, and then they wrote episodes of Frasier. This uh, this was a script they wrote in the middle, I think, of their, their Cheers run, but it kind of sat on the shelf for a couple of years. Um, I think they actually ran it by Tom Hanks, like... When they had first finished it, but mm. it was before he had, like, kind of skyrocketed. Right. That is a plane.
1: That is a plane. I live right by the Santa Monica air Airport. I'm
0: Oh, uh, well, goddammit, Cody. <laughs> I didn't tell the air traffic controller to not send planes by. I'm sorry. Why, always... why wouldn't you? You knew we were doing this, well, today
1: I? Tom's the air traffic controller that I know over there, and I, I
0: didn't... Didn't get a chance. Tom Hanks? Well, yeah. Who else is going to do it? That's insane. Who's the captain now? He. I, that's next week. Or <laughs> eventually. We haven't quite gotten there. Or maybe it was before this one. I don't know when this is coming out. You never know. Uh, But right before his career skyrocketed, and uh, then it kind of got lost in the shuffle, and then years later, uh, Tom Hanks was getting offered every script, and mm-hmm. he was kind of talking to his agent, and his agent was like, well, what do you want to do? And Tom Hanks just just slightly remembered something about a script about the Peace Corps. I was like, I remember that was kind of funny. Could you find that? And the guy had like no idea (laughs) how he was going to find it. And then I'm, I'm mixing up the story now, but, uh, that like exact week, uh, someone else was trying to sell the script and it went straight back to the agent. It was like, I found it. Miracle. And, uh, (laughs) so Tom was like, yes, we're doing it. Yeah. And, uh, Eventually, we got, of course, Tom Hanks stars. And then uh, John Candy came on. That's and awesome. uh, one Rita Wilson. Yeah. And who that... would go on to be very important in the Tom Hanks uh, life. Yeah. That's awesome, though. That,
1: that, that actually... John Candy was actually the reason why I was pulled into this movie when I was a kid, because I loved John Candy. Mm-hmm. Great Outdoors, and all all these films that Uncle I saw. Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck, yeah.
0: Uncle you, Buck's one of the best pictures ever made. Oh, yeah. He's you can do like, a whole podcast on Uncle Buck. Literally. I don't mean John Candy, just, just Uncle, Uncle Buck.
1: Buck. Yeah, totally. I completely get it. And like it's and that was why I was pulled in, because I loved Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, too. What a great name! Oh God, yeah, Tom Tuttle, Tuttle from Tacoma. The like they were like, what's the most alliteration we can shove into one name?
0: Oh, and it's like the perfect name because it's fun and it's, it's like a warm name, but it's annoying too. It's it's, yeah. like uh, he's like the Ned Flanders of this movie. He's yeah. Well, I, I want to jump in a little bit later about how he John Candy compares here to his other roles. Uh-huh. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, uh, why you know what? Why don't we do a brief uh, breakdown of what the story is? We won't go too in-depth, right. and we'll pick out our favorite moments and stuff later to talk about. Totally. But, uh, Cody, why don't you tell us what happens in Volunteers?
1: Ah, I do the long version of things. My apologies, Elvis, if this is too much. But I'll cut you down if you're taking way too long. That's awesome. Our main character, Lawrence, he is a Yaley, and he gets himself into a little trouble with a loan shark that is loaning him out money and to some back-alley gambling. And Lawrence is played by Tom, yes. of course. Yes, Tom Hanks is, is Lawrence, and we get... Uh, we get um, Lauren's having a little trouble with money, so he uh, ends up getting caught up with this loan shark, and the loan shark says he have to pay by the end of the day. And uh, Tom goes to his incredibly wealthy father, uh, who put him through Yale and made him feel all special.
0: An exciting thing about the father, actually, I, I was just reading this on IMDb, um, Tom Hanks, when he was trying to do his uh, his very proper, the Cambridge accent, uh-huh, yeah. uh, when he was trying to get that out, he actually just completely based his performance on George Plumpton. His, so he he just basically aped that accent, which is funny because uh, as we've been going through all these Tom Hanks movies, he actually does that with a lot of his performances. Like, he watched uh, the actor who played young Josh in Big, mm-hmm. he had him play out the, every scene before they rolled, uh-huh. and then he would just mime and or mimic that performance. And then... That was actually how he got the accent for Forrest Gump too. Uh Was they shot all the stuff with the little kid Forrest first, Uh and that was such a unique voice that kid literally had that Tom actually just I'm just gonna do that voice. voice. (laughs) So he has this weird mimicry to all of his, uh, a lot of his performances. So I thought that was interesting. But anyway, so he's got these, uh, he's kind of a gambler, he's a he's a sleaze bag, but he's a a rich kid, he's spoiled rich kid, sleaze bag. Uh, who is graduating from Yale, but he's in a shit ton of debt, and then he goes to his father. His father says no. And then, basically, he takes his roommate's place uh, to to go to the Peace Corps. Basically, to escape. Literally hops in on his friend.
1: His friend is literally about to get on the Pan Am flight to the Peace Corps, and he just switches places with his buddy by giving him the girl that he was sleeping with and a fifty-seven Corvette,
0: which was which is great. There's there's a, a little. I mean, the whole thing is fantastic. I, let's jump back real quick and talk yeah. about that. Uh, the car chase. Yeah, was one of the first parts. Of the, like the movie starts off pretty funny, yeah. but the, once we get to the car chase, that was like, oh, this movie's gonna be inventive and really creative with that. Because like they yeah. didn't have the budget for a proper car chase, God, and it's no. just like a terrible overlay of. Tom Hanks and the the man who's pursuing him overlaid over just this like Indiana Jones style map where yep. it's like we're going down from uh, you know New York through Brooklyn to the yep. airport and we just see two lines racing around and then the very end of the where they arrive at the airport just Tom Hanks bursts through the map and it was just yep. a little giant map they created and yeah. that, that was a great gag and it's you can tell they all, they spent a lot of money
1: on on the bridge sequence that would come later yeah but this is like it's the perfect little thing though because these are little notes that like as a filmmaker and as somebody who wants to make films and wants to grow as a filmmaker you know you always look at these little things of how can I get around the cost of having to have a car squealing around corners mm-hmm. you don't have to you just literally make a good sight gag
0: yeah if you can come up with a funnier way to be like yeah we didn't have money but check this
1: out yeah. Yeah, this is way better, and it, you can totally see that influence of the two writers who I'm sure wrote this in as this idea because it feels very scripted into it, mm-hmm. but this is totally like something that you see in like the television mockeries of those times where you're like,
0: it's almost like Zucker Brothers type. Yeah, know? it's very yeah. Zucker Brothers, and in a way that uh, we talked about Dragnet a couple episodes ago where the movie would get completely ridiculous airplane-esque humor, and it was yeah. really funny, but... I felt like it didn't fit with the tone here. Yeah. I feel like the tone is very spot on here. Oh, yeah, in Volunteers. Totally. It's very, It's. It's not quite like I'm a big fan of their work on Frasier, especially. It's not quite yeah. the sharp sharpness of uh, Frasier, but it's more of the goofy wit that you'd see in Cheers.
1: Right. Yeah. Totally. And you can totally pull from it too, because th- there's, Tom Hanks is pretty much playing this like almost Frasier-esque type. Very they're, they're
0: very good at writing these characters yeah. that you just kind of want to get see knocked down a peg, yep. but at the same time you, you, you like them, you
1: root for totally. them. So then of course Tom Hanks switches places with his roommate and then he ends up getting on this Pan Am flight and sure enough this is where we get to have 2 meat meet-cutes. Yes. The first one is with Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, played wonderfully by John Candy. And uh, he gets to pretty much, you get the best introduction to a character I think that I've seen. This was probably one of the first times I thought, man, I know everything about this guy now. And you don't only get maybe three lines from him. And he just reaches over and goes, Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, how's it going?
0: And you can tell. And it just keeps going. Yeah. And it's. I love the, the like, because uh, Lawrence, uh, he's never polite. No. But, like, he's he's at a point where he's like, you can tell on his reaction, like, because cause John Candy just keeps talking, there's a point where he's, like, he's literally just waiting for him to stop, and then that gets too much, so he calls the stewardess. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I need booze, and I need somebody to send a telegram to my father to, to get, get
1: him to, to come, get out of this. To get me the hell out of here. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And that's, and then, of course, that leads us to him having this second meet-cute with the wonderful Rita Wilson, who plays
0: Beth. Beth Wexler, what a great, there's a lot of great names in this, Lawrence Bourne, Tom Tom Tuttle Tuttle from Tacoma, Tacoma. of course, uh, Beth Wexler, what was, uh, John Reynolds, that's not, that's a boring one. That's so boring. At Toon, though. At Toon. Who we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he he goes, he meets uh, Rita Wilson, she wakes up on his shoulder, and then they're like, talking for hours, and then 10 hours in, he's like, just trying to bang her, and she's like, fuck you. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into some more subtleties and details, but just breezing through the story. Totally. They get to the place, or they get to Thailand, right. which is where they're stationed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Th- uh, Tom Hanks' character is shunned by his father, and he can't get out of it. Right. So he's stuck in the Peace Corps. He's set up by John Reynolds, the leader of the, um, the their troop. I guess they're... Yeah, they're a little faction of the Peace Corps. Each little individual group goes to
1: a different piece of Thailand to come and do something. And
0: John's the leader and what I love is there's this little line where as soon as... The way he's introduced as Tom Hanks goes up to him is like, he assumes he's the leader uh, just based on height. Yeah. Or just going by height, of course, is how he describes why he knows John is... Uh, the leader it's so great it's just another there's a lot of really fun just tiny little lines or little moments or details that just make this like it's full of jokes it's like Arrested Development yeah, uh, filled to the brim. Yeah, um, Just not as meta most and, of the time.
1: Well, yeah, and then th- that's what leads them to this little portion of Thailand where they have this big river that they have to build a bridge over. Mm-hmm. And that gives us our main plot point of the entire movie, which is them having to build a bridge.
0: Yes, and build a bridge for the right reasons, the wrong reasons? We'll talk about that when yeah. we get to the thematic portion of the podcast. That's actually, the, I think that's interesting because this
1: is a comedy where there's a gray area.
0: Yes, it's super gray, and it's, oh. And, like, even just the act of building a bridge like that that is also symbolic of something like right to build a bridge to people you don't know and you know and that's the thing where i think that's this movie is simple
1: but when it gets to the complexity of the story and complexity of the characters there's there's layers there and it's, it's yeah it's, you don't it's, have a 2d character in any of this no episode. no
0: it's rich in its simplicity i mean there's there's two-dimensional stuff like like none of the characters are entire like it's not like a three-dimensional performance, right. like you'd see uh, Chuck Nolan in Castaway. Yeah, no, they're they're very heightened, embellished, right. and like you know, Tom Hanks is he's going for the joke all the time, but it works yeah. in the world of the movie, right? And then that's that you buy it is it. satirical in a way. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a
1: satire to me entirely. But there's the points where it's almost like they know they're in the Golden Triangle. They know that they're in the middle of opium deaths and heroin and all this, and it's it's they're they're very much like. They touch on it. They, yeah. They're not ignoring the fact.
0: No, no. And it, yeah, it gets a, the movie's not afraid to get a little dark. Which, by the way, this is a rated R movie. The first one I think Tom Hanks ever did, and he I, didn't do yeah, many. Yeah. Uh, and you feel it in this one when they, yeah. when they get to uh, Heads on Pikes a little later. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, they're, they're set to build the bridge. They, they team up uh, the, the, the dream team of Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, and John Candy. They're all there. They're all trying to deal with each other. John Candy very quickly gets dispatched and captured by the Chinese communists, yep. and brainwashed, and that's a whole amazing little thing there. That could have been a movie in itself. It could have, been, <laughs> but it's just the the wonderful B-plot to right. the story we've got going on. Yeah. And I love that like John Candy kind of gets removed from the action, but every time he shows up, it's it's great, because it's like, oh, this is even more fun, maybe. Right. Yeah. And it never feels like he's gone for too long. Right. One of the best parts is we meet Aptune, who's played by... Is that Getty or Jetty? I Getty know. Watanabe. The du- um, Long Duck Dong yeah. from. Uh... From Pretty in s- Pink. From, yeah, or Sixteen, 16 Candles. Candles. Yeah. Sixteen Candles. What's happening, hot stuff? He's the very... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> he's, he's, he's hilarious and playing, I think, a much better character in this movie. He gets a lot more to do,
1: that's oh, yeah. for sure. And he's he's more of like... He's the only person in the entire tribe that speaks English fluently.
0: Yeah, I mean, he gets to really represent the tribe, too, which is right. great. They ha- they allow them to have a voice and right. a little bit of agency through act. Yeah. Uh, and he's great. And I, I love that he calls... Uh, Lawrence mostly most of the time he just calls him asshole. Yeah. Like literally there's point where he's just like asshole, asshole. You're yeah. a problem asshole. Or they're ru- they're like they're worried for his life and he's still calling him asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so they're trying to build this bridge and then Tom Hanks gets captured or falls into uh the hands of the Chinese warlord who's like an opium drug lord yeah. who's trying to get more global with his dealings so he can have right. more money and more power and more opium and right. all that good stuff. So he's trying to build the bridge to get a plane ticket home from this guy and so he doesn't get killed by the warlord. John Candy comes back and he's trying to build the bridge for the Chinese so they can conquer the place. And we find out that Beth and everybody else has been manipulated by John who's actually CIA but is actually not CIA. That part's a little unclear for me. I think for me,
1: he was CIA and he's working with the opium dealers because at, at this time, this is one of those times... The movie's based in 60s. Yeah. And this is when the CIA was heavily invested in the Golden Triangle and the opium trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this time, they were trying to bring down the governments in Vietnam and all that. So the best way to do that was to promote these drug dealers so they
0: can build an army and then attack. And nobody was the good guy no. in this, in there's this no, fight. There's no reason. Yeah. No re- yeah. like, all the reasons to build this bridge were maniacal. Yeah. And it comes down to the point where they all kind of have a daring... Uh, Errol Flynn escaped from the Temple of Doom, yep. which is where this drug lord lives. I'm like, this <laughs> is great. This is great. Just going into this movie, not knowing, like, I knew it was about the Peace Corps, and there was going to be a little bit of a romance between Tom Hanks and yep. uh, Reed Wilson and John Candy was going to be in. I knew, like, if you watch the trailer for this, it's a waste of time. But You'll tell it. <laughs> even though I think we'll link it in the show notes, but you should, you don't watch it if you haven't seen this movie. But if you should, you have seen it again because it'll just remind me of all the great stuff. But oh man, just just discovering that, oh no, there's a giant matte painting Temple of Doom that right. we're gonna go. Oh, so much I, fun. And I think
1: they actually stole it from the movie uh, Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. I think it is it's they, the same it, one. It feels like the exact same set. Like, oh my god. I don't know when Golden Child was done, but all I know is it looks exactly the same as that place where Eddie Murphy ends up in that movie.
0: Then they come with the plan, they stop John Candy from being brainwashed, and they gotta blow up the bridge because right. they built it for the wrong reasons. And yep. at this point. Tom Hanks and uh, Wet or and Rita Wilson's characters they love each other and right. it's like they got to do this and it's a whole big thing and then they blow up the bridge and I guess that was enough for them to save the day like that's uh, such an ambiguous ending too. yeah like because yeah. it's obviously the, by the end of the movie it's it's mu- t- a lot of time has passed they built a casino yeah <laughs> for this tiny little village and uh, they're staying there but what happened like the threat is still
1: there right the Chinese drug lord and the Chinese communists. Are still there. And also that CIA guy, he just disappears. Yeah, I'm sure he's alive if Tom Hanks survived, Yeah, if, and because Tom Hanks throws him off the bridge before the bridge yeah.
0: explodes. So, a very ambiguous ending. Unless he he landed on Mike. That's true. Which, by the way, this was back in the day where like gay panic was really the funniest thing. Yeah. That's the only thing that really hits a little flat for me in a couple parts of this movie. But one yeah. of the subtler, funnier things I really like about in sort of that that area is the fact that here is a the, the kind of stock character who's a little obsessed with, like, violence and whatnot. Yep. And he has a name for his knife, but the knife isn't a girl's name. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> this is my knife. Me and Mike. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, that, I love that they never really call upon it. No. They maybe have the other characters refer to Mike in a way, yeah. but it's never like, oh, so, why is it a guy's name? Like, that right. would be a little tactless. Yeah. like Like, yeah, we made the joke and now we're going to make you 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 have to know this is a joke
1: oh yeah you have to I love
0: that it's just there and if you're paying attention like oh it's brilliant
1: yeah and then the, I think the best part of that is is like he's gonna shove Mike in you like the cover is to it like that's just that's just what's happening here that's, guys oh you
0: know, there yeah like that is the kind of joke where it's like yes it's smart it's funny it's yep. layered it, it's good but when you have just like at, like, nervous because he's never had sex with a girl and he's questioning his masculinity and the sumo wrestlers want to fuck him. Like, yeah. that's not... Uh, yeah. It's a little more pedestrian.
1: Yeah, that falls more in that 80s movie where it's just like, oh, we're just going to throw these little things in here because, you know, we need some type of thing for At to be worried about. Yeah.
0: Um, the, he He's one of the, I mean, outside of the fact that I really like how he does kind of have agency and he kind of represents the voice, like, that's where he gets a little too multidimensional dimensional is when yeah. they push him in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I was actually a little surprised, and I was kind of impressed, uh, that the movie didn't end up rewarding At at the end with, like, Lucille or whatever, yeah. the the Lady Deathstrike character yeah. from The Warlord. Uh. Which she just disappears, too. She totally disappears, but I, it didn't really matter for, like, again, I guess it's better that she disappeared than came back and was, like, At's girlfriend. Right. That, that right. was what I was expecting. Yeah, that would be a
1: little weird. I, I, was, I kind of was worried about that, too, um... Watching it with adult eyes when I when am watching it now. Yeah, was
0: this the what was the last time you saw this movie? Last time I saw this movie, oh
1: man, must have been when I was like sixteen, maybe seventeen. So like okay, not quite title. a
0: kid anymore. What? But do you remember? Like, what did you forget? What did you remember?
1: I totally forgot about the fact that uh, all the little subtle jokes, like when they bring up the title card for Yale, it says yes. Yale a college like they're just undercutting the shit out of yale yeah
0: that was that was another point where it's like really really in the movie and it's like hey
1: we're gonna have fun with this movie. it's it's gonna be a little goofy this is yale it isn't harvard so we have to make sure that everyone knows that yale is a college (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i I forget all these parts and i forget about the fact of like lawrence just going to town on his girlfriend oh yeah i completely forgot about that part and also i somehow blew my mind when uh they go back to um they go back to the castle the second time. I completely forgot about them jumping into the giant vase
0: and rolling down the stairs at everyone. Yeah, that just became like a weird bowling ball. Like, for a minute, like, I was like, what are they doing? And I thought maybe it was like a, a sewer tunnel. Right, yeah. Because, like, what could they possibly be doing? No, 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 they just jump into a giant vase and they boulder through some of the guards and it, doesn't, it does nothing, which right. is the best part. It's just completely useless. And I'm like, I completely forgot about that part. And I was, like, chuckling at it because I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Oh, this is a great movie to rediscover. Or yeah. if you haven't seen it, again, watch. Like, yeah. stop listening to us blab about it and go watch this movie then come back and oh, yeah. blab with yeah. us about yeah. it. And listen talk. more. This is so much fun.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those rare movies where you can watch it for the first time. You can catch so many things but I think watching it repeatedly, like, I watched this when I was growing up so I mean, I, I kind of, missed out on a lot of the adult humor of it and just saw the slapstick of it of Tom Tuttle becoming this like mindless drone mm-hmm. and like all that funny stuff, but it kind of went over my head. But now watching it again for the first time, God, it must be 10 years. It's, like you that. know what? Yeah.
0: This is actually... A, compared it to Cheers earlier because of uh, their, their writing on it, obviously. Right. But actually, it reminds me the most, now that you're saying that, mm-hmm. of classic Simpsons episode, which right. Ken Levine and I, David Isaacs actually wrote a couple Simpsons episodes. Yeah. So even more appropriate. Yeah. But because it has different layers of comedy retention. Like, yeah. depending on how old you are, how familiar you can get with uh, with the material, yeah. they have stuff that you can appreciate on a very surface level, like Tom Tuttle and all the right. slapstick. Yeah. Or a little bit more, slightly more nuanced, where it's like we're talking about how the natives feel about Tom Hanks being an asshole. Right. And then it gets a little deeper and deeper where you find really clever jokes, like the Mike being the knife, yeah. name of the knife thing. Yeah. Or, or even where it starts to get a little bit more... Uh, satirical and commenting on the situation in Thailand and yeah it's 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 got a lot of layers and it's it's a delight to watch so even just like coming from Yale a college and stuff little details like that it's just packed to the brim like this is a great fantastic written script right and I cannot stress enough
1: that one of my favorite parts when I was a kid and still now I and I kinda blanked on a little bit was when they're actually they're talking to the Lady Deathstrike character Good. Yes. she's talking and she's completely you can't understand what she's saying and when they're talking to her, subtitles come up and then At leans <laughs> over breaks the fourth wall and reads the subtitles and then tells tells Tom Hanks' character, Lawrence, he goes, oh yeah, this is what she's saying. And then she says something again, and both of them then lean over and read it. And then they go, oh, okay, that makes sense now. And, like, they just leave her there. And then, it's just like, I'm like, this is blowing my mind. Like, this is that that Zucker Brothers humor. That's so funny. Like, yeah. I love that type of stuff. I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, that made me laugh, because I'm like, this is great humor. Like, this is... This is the silly stuff that I always have it's, fun it's, myself with. I
0: feel with. like it's weird. I feel like we're in a point where the way comedies are made now hmm. they and I don't dislike comedies now, but you can't have that tone without breaking the world. Like right. that would work in a Scott Pilgrim movie. Oh yeah. Got it would be amazing in a Scott. Pilgrim, but like when you have like Trainwreck, it's it's taking itself a little bit more seriously right. and the way this the movie's made and I I like Trainwreck a lot, yeah. but you couldn't have uh uh what's his name? The basketball Bill, player. Uh, LeBron James? <laughs> LeBron James. Yeah, that's the guy,
1: right? Elvis, Elvis doesn't know who <laughs> one of the most famous <laughs>
0: basketball players, for being not a good basketball
1: player in my Hey, head. hey, um, he hasn't
0: made Space Jam 2 yet.
1: I don't need to know his name. It's true. When he makes Space Jam 2, he will. LeBron, call me, by the way, because I know you listen to
0: yeah, this. Yeah, but it would be inappropriate for that movie, for LeBron to go all of a sudden read the subtitles. Yes. Let's jump to Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. How do you feel about his performance? Let's talk about... Tom Hanks as Lawrence watley the third. I have to bring this up before I forget about it, but this
1: is the second time I've seen Tom Hanks blow up a bridge in film. <laughs> the first time I saw it was this movie, and the second time I saw it was Saving Private Ryan. Needless to say, movies are very different. Very different. Not to say Tom Hanks isn't hilarious in Saving Private Ryan. A lot more white people in lot, Tom uh, Saving Private Ryan. A lot more, a lot, a lot more Germans too. Yes. Um, but still, they're they're fighting a cause. They're fighting a cause. In this movie, though, I really enjoy the fact that he doesn't really commit entirely to that accent. Like, yeah, he has it, but he still breaks the Tom Hanks wall.
0: Right. Where let's let's do it. Let's jump now. What do yeah. you think is the Hanksiest line in this movie? I wrote down a couple contenders. Oh man. When he gets to that that Hanks, it's usually a break, and yeah. it doesn't. It's not usually a whole long line. It's little spurts. Yeah. Uh, here's here's the contenders I have. Yeah. Where he goes, um, uh, I think the first one is, and maybe my favorite is where he's talking to his father and he's trying to explain why he needs the money. Because mm-hmm. and then he goes, but they'll beat the crap out of me. Yeah. And then there's another one where just after that, where he catches up to um, his roommate Kent, and he's just like Kent, Kent. And Kent! Just, it's like, oh, is Woody in this movie all of a sudden? Yeah. Uh, there's another one where he's just yelling an at, but I th- actually, I think I'm going to probably vote for this one. Yeah. Um, there's uh, when he finally gets the ticket from the, the drug lord for building the bridge, mm-hmm. and he looks at the tickets and he's like, coach! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually the one that I was thinking of, because he goes, coach!
1: And then he goes back into and like, oh yeah, I should probably talk in the right accent, right? And he's like, cheap bastard. And then <laughs> yeah. just tosses it back in there. And there's like, there's a moment where he's like, shit, I really need to say this line the right way. All right, I'm gonna say it, but that's that's this is the great thing about Tom Hanks, and I haven't seen like a movie like Captain Phillips yet. But even in Saving Private Ryan, he has a moment where he goes, Hanks. He goes full blown
0: Hanks. Yeah, and that's the thing where he's trying an accent. He's trying really hard to and make himself And it's him not sound. like he's bad. No, he's good. He's just. Yeah. There are times when you have to go full Hanks. The yeah. only time I, I think the only movie we've done, the only time where he doesn't go Hanksy is in The Lady Killers. Yeah. He never breaks that voice. Yeah, I wonder if that's the Cohen brothers just like have a whip right behind them and there's like, if you go Hanks, I swear to God I'm going to smack you. Which I thing. think is a dis- one of the few, dis- or one of the many disappointments of that movie. Yeah. Is that he never went Hanksy with it. Right. And there were so many opportunities for him to do so. I guess he, he almost gets there. Nah, nah, he doesn't even get there when he's talking about the Waffle Hunts. No. Thing. It's close, but he's, he's not there. And then this one, it's great because he
1: is a slime ball. Like he's, you don't uh. you don't get to see Tom Hanks be a slime ball very often. In fact, I, I know very few movies where you really like. You don't really like Tom Hanks to begin with.
0: No, in this movie. I mean I think. The, but this is a movie where it's sort of like a Ferris Bueller, where it's like you really like him being the jerk up right. front. Yeah, he's bad boy. But he's a bad boy
1: who also gets the girls. He can and get behind, and he's yeah. and
0: it like you know they don't shy away from like no he's a coward he's kind, he's kind of shallow it totally is and yeah. like he's got his flaws he's not just omnipotently cool like Ferris Bueller is right which then gives him you know a little bit of dimension to his
1: character and then gives him a way to which to grow beyond just being mm-hmm. just this this little like you know goofy trope of a, a rich boy and he does it really well I mean. The funny thing is, is, we see him grow on the island, and one of the things Rita Wilson says to him when she sees him actually getting people to do work for him, she goes, wait, when did you have the time to learn Thai? And he's like, well, I have to speak the language of the people in order to get them to do things for me, so you learn quick. And it's like, holy shit, Like he's actually really industrious. He didn't just go to Yale and like yeah, fuck you, a blonde you girl. See,
0: you see... <laughs> he did that. He did Probably that multiple, multiple times Probably over. Multiple As sure. as anyone has wanted to do it. Right, you know. yeah. If you go to
1: Yale, that's what uh, you gotta do. That's it's what like, you gotta it's do. It's part of the passing
0: um, program. But uh God, I feel terrible saying that now. Yeah. <sighs> they give him skills, they give him agency. I really like and actually kinda of talk talk about the whole thing where mm-hmm. Reader Wilson's is just completely frustrated right. and then kinda of calls him out on it because like Everything comes so easy to you, which is true in his backstory because he's this rich kid and right. stuff has been handed him his whole life. Yeah. But he does have this kind of talent and this charm that mm-hmm. uh, allows him to very quickly learn the language because he's right. got it. And then, like, but he did it effortlessly. Yeah, and that's the thing that I notice in real life. There are some people who are just like really good looking, but they're really smart and they're really good at this sort of thing. And it's just like, how do you, how does it come so easy to you? Yeah,
1: I hate those people. Probably. They're the worst. Yeah, they're the
0: worst. As someone who is not really,
1: you know, textbook handsome, <laughs> uh, I hate those people with the passion you You're street such. handsome. I'm street handsome. I, I, I grow beards. Um, but <laughs> not in the hipster way. No. Um, but it, it's the funny thing about this character, though, is that he literally, I swear, as soon as he landed in the helicopter, he goes, his brain immediately clicks, what don't they have here? Oh, they don't have gambling, they don't have casinos, they don't have booze, they don't have. Oh, yeah, I totally know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and he in sequence is like that. He's like, that's his dream. Of, as soon as he lands, he goes, they don't have casinos here. And
0: what casinos have? Money booze. Yeah, what, he's hes very, like, it's weird, he's a super selfish character, but yeah. as soon as he gets there, like, they all crowd around him because he makes that happen. Because yes. he's like, what do these people not have, like yeah. you're saying, right. and he, he finds a way to give it to them. Yeah, first off, it's bubble gum. Yeah, he's literally gum. throwing Wrigley's spearmint gum everywhere. And, and he, he obviously plays up the, I'm a rich American, yeah. like, he plays up this pomp that... He does literally carry, but like yeah. something that they don't experience. Right. And it works, like, it, you know, you could seem as an asshole, but he does seem like an asshole. They still want him. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's the thing where
1: it's, it's funny because uh, I've, watch- I've watched a thousand and a half shows with documentaries on things, and I was just watching recently uh, Top Gear just drove through uh, Thailand in Burma and the same exact thing Myanmar now actually Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, And they, um, I only know that because of Seinfeld Seinfeld, who knew uh, but they drive through and the same exact thing happens when they stop at every city people just crowd around them because they're tall and white and look rich because they have jeans and t-shirts mm-hmm. on they don't have like old rags on these people just crowd around and like we'll follow them everywhere they go and it's perfectly displayed in this movie how like the rich white man is very much like something they're like I've never seen this before I want to see where this guy goes. Yeah. Like, I want to see what this guy's up to. Because he may have this way in which to, you know, to the influence the way we're living. And he comes in wearing a, a
0: tuxedo. Or yeah, a, I mean, he's obviously... A dinner yeah. jacket. A dinner jacket. Yeah. yeah. It's just like... It's it's great uh, how it, it almost looks like the one from Big, yeah. too. It's it's obviously not studded, but... Yeah. Uh,
1: it's And it's great because it's like, this is somebody who clearly is a complete fish out of water. And you think... Oh, God, he's going to make the same stupid mistakes that every fish out of water does. He's going to, like, offend the culture. They're going to get mad at him. He's got to win him back. And that doesn't happen. No,
0: it's it's really smart how they, the, again, the script's very clever. They go, and it's not the jokes you're expecting. Right. There, I mean, there are a number of those. And yeah. it's debatable how kind it is to the culture. Yeah. It is the 80s, about the 60s. Right. And we're still not getting in right today. But I, yeah. I feel like for that time, it's actually pretty respectful. And, yeah. again, they gave a lot of agency mostly through uh, At's character. Right. Um, or At, rather. Yeah. Uh, Genedy's character. And that's the funny thing, too, is
1: at one point, they're trying to figure out which wood to build the bridge out of. And Tom Tuttle from Tacoma is saying we should use that teak wood. Teak is a great wood, and everyone's just like, no, 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 no. And Tom is being the casual American. who's like, it doesn't matter. That's good wood. And, and At says, no, that's the sacred wood where all those spirits live that protect this. Yeah. Protect this village. We're not going to cut that down. That's not how it works. He goes, we'll just forget about stupid spirits. We need to use that wood. And then that's when you know, like the, the casual American goes, you know, no, I'm right, you're wrong. And then that's when Tom Hanks' character Lawrence comes in and goes
0: well, no, maybe we should just use wood from other Yeah, classes. we can We can find other wood. He's, he's not concerned about the how to... I mean, I'm, Tom X is probably a little bit like it also. The cheaper the material. It's, right. It's fine. It doesn't have to be the strongest bridge, ever. Exactly,
1: right? yeah. As long as it works. That's yeah. That's all it is. Which is
0: uh, great. And yeah, I feel like if it, not to... Of course, if it was Chan, John Candy, there would be a grace to it. But if you yeah. put that character, if you put Tom Tuttle, yeah. especially in that scene as the main character, it would be that movie where he comes and he just defends the culture right. and then maybe he learns right. a lesson by the end. But it's right. just your your average your average joke. So I like that right. he's the side character. Yeah. And he's still a really nice guy, but he's he's the dumb he's self righteous American. He's from
1: Washington. He went to school. He went to state school. I mean he's 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 a smart guy. He's an engineer. He's the one who engineers the entire bridge. Yeah. And this is not just a little floating bridge, people. This is a
0: suspension bridge that rivals the Golden Gate. This, the, uh, the whole montage just gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah. The bigger this bridge gets. It's like, wait, how do they do, wait, how do they, and then they just have, like, flashing construction lights on it. It's like, this is amazing. Yeah. It's just like, it's almost to the point where it's like, wait a second,
1: where did they get all of this, like, stuff? Like, where did they get metal posts and beams and, like, and shit like that? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's
0: going on here? And that's where it's just like it's just a movie, guys. Yeah, you just you just buy in. It's just fun. Yeah, because oh, when they're man. when they're hammering
1: things in, it's like, all right, I'm sure nails came from somewhere. That totally makes sense. But then they start bringing like wrenches and they're like tightening up things. I'm like, where did they get the steel cable? <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna buy in. Right, if, if I bought the fact that Batman can fly around Gotham, I think I can buy into to this.
0: So Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, yes sir. How do you feel about uh let's talk about John Candy? What uh, a great actually. This is a great performance. It's he's a lot of fun. We've already yeah. been through that. Super simple. Um, perhaps the best name. Oh, easily.
1: Ever. I mean, but best... it's
0: for for a John Candy character, for sure.
1: As somebody who has alliteration in his name, that's true. I always appreciate alliteration name. It's great. Even when I meet somebody with alliteration name, I immediately induct them into the alliteration alliance. Ah. Which is a, a, a very select group, and uh, hopefully, if you ever get to meet me, you will you will be inducted if you have that alliteration work. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Tom Tuttle is perfectly fit to his name. Like, this is what I love. Because when you think of Fraser Crane, immediately the first thing you think of is, that guy sounds like a pompous ass. Yes! Tom Tuttle sounds like, oh man, I want to hug that guy. And that's what you want to do. Because he's a big teddy bear who just wants to build this bridge for these people so they can move forward with their lives. And that's what he wants. Until he gets captured by the communists, who then brainwash him in the best way possible. He is literally tied to a post and goes, you'll never get me to change. And then immediately... Not even kidding you, the screen just rotates in a rotating transition, and he's in a full Chinese army, the People's Liberation Army outfit, with the little red star, and you
0: go, they start spewing
1: communist propaganda,
0: it doesn't stop. Oh, um, I mean, it's, I like the brainwashing. I like The only thing is, like, it's such, like, I, that was back when you could do a Gilligan cut.
1: Oh, yeah, totally, yeah.
0: You could not do that. God, no. I, and actually, we were just talking, I was trying to think, like, if you were going to, God forbid, you were going to remake Volunteers. Right. Um, I was trying to think, who would you put in the John Candy role? Oh, man. And I was actually thinking, for some reason, I was leaning toward Ed Helms. Yeah. I could I, see him doing, especially the stuff where he's crying with... He could really make the crying really funny. Yeah, he's Baby Wawa, so he's kind of got that Yeah. Go yeah, I don't know, Ed Helms is the is, is the update. I could see that, and I I, yeah. I kind of like that. I mean, he he's no John Candy. No yeah. one is.
1: No, no one ever will be. Um, and, and that's the one thing that kind of... I I I love John Candy. I think I've, I've stated this a couple times, but I just I really enjoyed him throughout my entire childhood, and that was kind of one of the sad things of seeing a guy like this pass, because you don't get this type of sweet, lovable human being who is also can be a goofy as fuck, like crazy communist right off the bat. Yeah. There's one point where Tom Hanks is running down the bridge at him, and. He's trying to save Rita Wilson's character Beth from the evil drug lords that have kidnapped her in the night and he's running down there and Tom Hanks is like, Tom, Tom and Tom just turns and he has like a little bamboo stick. Yeah. He's pretending is like an AK forty seven. He's like, who goes there? And he's just immediately full communist mode and Tom Hanks is really confused and just like, Tom, we need to go save Beth. And he's like, I cannot leave my bridge. And he just like kinda of stands there and he's just like it's so ridiculous and so committed to this idea. It's just like, oh man, I just wanna hug you right now.
0: So, it's obviously, John Candy has played the lead in a number of amazing films. I don't want to yeah. talk about any of those right now. Totally. But I do want to talk about the other movies where John Candy kind of is the second banana mm. to another character in the movie. I'm trying to think of a couple of examples, but specifically, I, I jumped to Del Griffith from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's yes. like, how does this performance and this interplay work against Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Is there a better one there?
1: Oh, man. You know, it's really weird because... This is this is one of the pure luck of having John Kennedy as a second banana because the first banana is always somebody who's an outstanding actor. Yes. You have Steve Martin to play against. I mean that makes
0: you, Any second banana is going to be good. Yeah, I mean but, like
1: that 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 makes Chevy Chase bearable. Yeah, oh I mean God. it's I love Chevy, don't get me wrong, but it, it, Three Amigos is one of those things where Steve Martin makes that movie completely. Yeah.
0: And Oh, oh, and and audience before you you jump to your torches and pitchforks yes we are the obvious comparison would be let's compare tom hanks and john candy in their other movie splash, splash. but we're gonna wait and hold off on that until we watch that because i haven't seen it for a number of years we're gonna wait until we talk a, right about that movie and we'll do that comparison And last
1: time i watched that movie i completely forgot that john candy was in it me too i was just watching for daryl hannah with flippers because yes. that's and it's a Ron Howard film, so that's really what
0: you get a lot I, yeah, guys. See, I can't even remember it was Ron Howard. I only remember John Candy was in it when we started planning out this podcast. Yeah, and that's one of those things where it's like, whoa. So we're going to get to that, but yeah. but that'll be a coming episode,
1: I, I, I promise. I, I just think when you compare these duos, you really kind of got to look at the fact of where we're going and how we're doing these things. And Train Tunes and Automobiles is obviously that's a road trip movie. Whereas this is kind of like that, that silly little trope movie where you just kind of have these little small goals. They get expounded upon by outside forces, and it's it's kind of weird to kind of look at this. And I don't know; it's tough to compare.
0: It's weird, yeah. This is this is obviously a very different from Plains Reigns and I, the the one thing is like Del Griffith probably gets the vote in my book only because he's more present in the movie. Oh yeah, totally. He's more active in the movie, yeah. uh, and it's really about their partnership. Yeah. Whereas Tom Total from Tacoma is. Like, we were even saying at the beginning of the movie, like, it's going to be an and John Candy credit. Yeah. He's more the... Th- he's he's really the third wheel in this. Right. Which, and he's the perfect add to that. So it's a different sort of thing. I don't want to say Tom Tuttle is bad or even worse than Del Griffith, but Del Griffith is a little more important to that movie. Oh, yeah, totally. And the and thing is, is
1: if you want to make a tricycle, who better make your third wheel than John Candy? John
0: Candy's the perfect third
1: wheel. I mean, because he's not going to... He's going to steal scenes, but... He's going to make you want to keep seeing this character over here. Yeah. And it's not going to take away from somebody like Tom Hanks who chews the scenery in, in some of this stuff where he is literally just like building himself this little world.
0: Uh, let's wow. talk about Tom and Rita. Oh, man. This is a big movie just because this is this is not where they met.
1: Nope. Uh, not. That's a we common just, misconception. Yes, we thought that. We,
0: we thought that until yeah. moments before we started recording. Yeah. It was like, I better double check this. Yeah, we better make sure the facts uh, are straight. <laughs> So, apparently, Tom Hanks uh, and Rita Wilson, his current wife and mother of his children, Yeah. so they met uh, on Bosom Buddies, yeah. Tom Hanks' old show, when she guest-starred as the Satan-worshipping girlfriend of uh, the other
1: Peter, lead character,
0: Peter Scalari? Peter S. Yeah. So, they met there, but there was no romance kindled. That didn't happen until they were back in this movie together. And I just love that this is, like, the movie they fell in love with. And you get to, like, what's great is, like, I don't think the, the if there's one thing I would argue that's not the movie' strong suit mm-hmm. is that their the the way their relationship builds isn't the most convincing. Right. They have these moments where like uh, the beginning is great where she just hates him and they end in a strong place. Yeah. And I really again I really really like the the honest conversation where she just opens up. is like, "How does it come to you so easy?" Right. I really like how that's you can see it's building. I just feel like there's a couple steps in between that we're missing yeah. and that only, and, and that's, this is even like a bad critique. Like, it's more of like, I just, I'm, I'm going back to Shelley Long and Tom Hanks and Money Pit where it's like, that movie is kind of a mess but yeah. their relationship is so much stronger for me that I, I, now it's kind of the benchmark. I'm always comparing it to that.
1: Yeah. And uh, I can totally see it because that movie is literally like, Money Pit, I, I love the fact that their relationship is crumbling throughout and as they're trying to rebuild this house this, yes. it's the metaphor I mean obviously it's, yeah. it's um, very obvious this one while they're building a bridge they're actually building a bridge between these two people it's great oh, another metaphor it's great.
0: Like, I think this movie is the stronger movie but I, there's still something about the Shelley Long Hanks dynamic Shelley
1: Long is just, she's great in a lot of everything she cheers does cheers so. too, yeah, just to pull that back she, in she, yeah and it's the funny thing the connection here just keeps on coming but the thing I love about this relationship and it's, it is these little moments. I think that in any personal relationship, you have another human being. You don't get that moment where you sit down across from somebody at dinner and tell them your life story.
0: No, that, that doesn't that's true. happen.
1: It comes out slowly over time, and as they're building this bridge, I think maybe there maybe some things that hit the cutting room floor that were a little bit more building of this relationship, or maybe. <gasps> Maybe it didn't. Maybe maybe I'm just seeing something here. Oh my
0: god. I'm like. Yeah, you had to. Forgive me epiphany. if I. Because I feel like I did this on the money pit thing and I just criticized that for being an incredibly obvious metaphor. Yeah. I'm going to do it again and I, I apologize it. if everybody's miles ahead of me. But we're talking about obviously how that's building a bridge yeah. and all that good stuff and like how that's a metaphor for their relationship. Is this an opium metaphor? No, 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 no. Okay. The, this is about the bridge. <laughs> but there's something I just I just can again I just watched this movie so forgive me. But uh but I didn't connect this part with the the overall metaphor but like the whole thing and I love at the end where they get to that grey thematic area. It's like sometimes you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. Right. Or vice versa. Yeah. And it's like he was trying to be with her, but for the wrong reasons. It yep. was the right thing and it's just like ah that's the bridge again. You yep. gotta blow it up and start from scratch. Exactly. And this is a pretty good movie, guys. I, well I mean that's the thing too. Like you said, this is
1: one of those movies where you watch it when you're when you watch it once and you can watch it again and see all these different little like subtext things and that that's to me like I don't know, I just I really enjoy like Granted, it's an '80s movie, and it has that classic, like, she needs to be saved moment.
0: Yeah, it's it's like you know, it's it's very traditional in a, in a couple of respects, where it's like you know, the gender roles and right. some of the commentary on the other cultures, the uncivilization of it. Right. Although it's, I still think it's pretty good compared comparatively to what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, the same time frame. Yeah. Uh, and then there's just like some more technical stuff where it's like sometimes scenes don't really. Flow in the next time. Sometimes we're just like, oh, we're going to Iris out. Yeah. And then the next scene will just start. It's yeah. more of an and-then than like the story is continuing. Yeah. Uh, it, it works. It, it, you know, nothing is bad. It's just, it feels a little rough around the edges in a couple places. Right. These are all minor criticisms. Yeah. This is a strong movie. It's got a little something to the story. Yeah. It's got some characters. They're not real, well, fully fleshed out right. people, human being characters. But they're fun, flighty Hilarious characters. They've got enough with motivations. To it. Well, yeah, you, they got enough motivation and de- definition to them where you you don't you don't yawn. Yeah, you're, there's never going to be a scene where it's like, oh, this this could be a line from any character. This is a point of. This is a character with a point of view. Right. They're giving this line because this is exactly how they would. So they're 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 definitely characters. And I like the idea that we
1: have three characters who all have three different motivations for why this bridge needs to get
0: built. Or why it needs to be destroyed, mm-hmm. and 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 it makes like I mean not to tie in the whole golden triangle thing, but right. then we also have the three side of like uh, sort of villains where it's like we have right. the, the overlord or the drug lords, we have yeah. the communists, and then we have the CIA. CIA yeah, it's like everybody's kind of fucking right. And, everything, and that's the kind of that's the funny
1: thing where you don't have a comedy that really ends with this type of like gray ending where it's like all right now the bridge is blown up, but yet there's still the drug lord and the cia and like
0: yeah none of should, them died even yeah. john should be alive
1: yeah and it's just like again unless
0: he fell on mike which
1: possible i hope so because um, <laughs> that's just, that'd make it even better he died with mike inside him um but i i just i i it's weird because watching this now and even when elvis brought this up i'm sitting here thinking yeah what the hell happened because we just get pretty much just like a fade out to Tom Hanks giving a voiceover to... Which is a telegram to his dad saying, thanks for sending me to the Peace Corps. But we never really get, like, what the hell happened to these opium dealers.
0: Uh, no, and I think that's a symptom of, like, the time it was written, because it's like, oh, we we ended the movie. we got to wrap it up in five minutes. Yeah, let's... Let's, let's, it's well, let's just have it be a voiceover, yeah, and we're done. We're on page 89. Because it's not even, page like, pages. a little last-ending joke. It's just like, we're happy. I guess they made a casino. I'm like, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's
1: but, true. They, they have... He has elephant races. Yeah. And, uh, kickboxing, which and, is, like... It's great, but like the, that's the one thing I think this movie falls from is like the ending kind of like there's a fizzle. Like you get a big explosion, which I enjoy. I mean, I, the ex- I, I like Michael Bay movies. The, the so explosion I can't help is it. I, I don't, but the explosion <laughs> is earned here.
0: It's an earned explosion. It's yeah. a nice spectacle. And again, they they've done it creatively. It's like here we want to see the big explosion, yeah. the big budget. Yeah. Earlier, we didn't need to see a pointless car chase. No. We made a little fun gag out of it.
1: Yeah, we wasted. And it was
0: the movie was stronger for it. We spent all the money on blowing up this real full This is a bridge. really big bridge, yeah. and they really blew it up. And yeah.
1: they're like, there was money involved this in this was an. And this was an 80s production that was shot in, I, I'm guessing Mexico. It was Mexico they yeah. shot it in, and, yeah. And they shoot it in Mexico, so essentially in the 80s, you do whatever the hell you want in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, you can build a bridge and then blow it up, and the Mexican government's like, yeah, that's cool, don't worry about it, we'll pick that up later. Or maybe we'll turn that into another
0: bridge. That's true. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, just jumping back real quick with the Tom and Rita thing, like this is the movie where they they really met they that romance started and it's yeah. just like they kiss in this movie, and I'm like I wonder, is that their first kiss? Right. He says I love you because it's a part of the script, but is that the first time Tom Hanks said I love you to Rita Wilson? That's just Oh
1: ladies, Elvis is a romantic. And I have say I fall into the same pit of being Alps romantic, and I kinda of fall into this idea of, yeah. This is kind of great to see. You you get to see the blossoming beautiful relationship that makes Tom Hanks a great human being and then brings him into this wonderful world of ours and gives us Colin Hanks. Yeah. Who, I mean, whatever you want to say about Colin Hanks, I enjoy the guy. He's pretty good.
0: On some very, very late episodes of this podcast, we might dive into some Colin Hanks. This movie, like, makes me a little disappointed. They never were acting like... Co-stars again in another yeah. big movie. Yeah. Not as much as I'm upset that we never saw Tom Hanks and Shelley Long again. Because I would have loved that.
1: Yeah, that would actually have been... That, wow, why does not that happen?
0: That still could happen. I don't know why we're not doing that, Hollywood. Come on. If there's one thing... If Kumail Nanjiani can make The X-Files come back for six episodes, I want to make a Tom Hanks-Shelley Long movie still happen. Right? None of them are dead. The script is out, The script possibilities are out there.
1: Yeah, and Let's I mean, do it. This is the thing too. Shelly Long, she's pretty good. I mean, like she still has like She has some chops, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that lady can do a lot of things. She's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, why why didn't we have her instead of? Don't get me wrong, love Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan's great. Meg Ryan is a, is a fine actress. But if we put Shelley Long oh. in Joe vs the Volcano. Oh. What does oh,
0: that
1: mean? Oh my god,
0: every she would be a better Meg Ryan in every Meg Ryan except for maybe Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle Meg Ryan's great. So that's that's Meg Ryan's movie. I will give it to her that's that but she would be better in Joe vs the Volcano. Mm-hmm. She would be way better in You've Got Mail.
1: Yeah. Ah. Oh. I mean, I love You Got Mail. Like, that that was my first Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks movie that I watched fully. I didn't want to sleep since all the way
0: Well, me. it's actually kind of a, there's a lot of complications to that movie. I, I watched, can't wait to talk about it. I watched that, and I watched Shop Around the Corner. Ooh, 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 ooh.
1: Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. that, that's the conversation that I would have about that movie.
0: Which one was better? Yeah. We tried that with the Lady Killers, and it was like, none of them really. Yeah, well,
1: that's because <laughs> it's the Lady Killers. So yeah, sorry. it's
0: in a... I know some people defend that to the death, that that's a good movie, but... It's, it's it's on the lower of the, the Hank spectrum, I would say. Yeah. I It's, I, it's right down there with some uh, some Cloud Atlas and uh, the man with one red shoe. Oh, man. I think we might have seen the worst of Hank's now, though. I think we're going... Well, there'll be a couple of snores We haven't gotten to Angels and Demons. Ooh. That's coming up. Yeah. But I think that most, obviously, we don't have to convince you, dear listener, most of the best Hank's is still ahead of us. We haven't gotten right. to the Spielbergs. That's coming up soon. We yeah. haven't gotten to oh, everything. And I feel like we're kind of...
1: We're, we're veering off. We're right? veering off
0: topic. Yeah. We're we're wrapping. Up, we're, we'll start to wrap up, everybody. Uh, this is just this is just a fun movie to come back and, and right. check out and have
1: a fun conversation yeah. with. I, th- I think that's the fun thing too is like when you you get all this wound up Tom Hanks energy from this. Like you don't get the the blossoming like crazy Tom Hanks moment where he flips out and pulls his hair and does all that stuff. You get you get very subtle Tom Hanks where he's like, "Well, I have to go save the day." Yeah, that's all there is to it. Uh. because I am the hero, and it's like it's that. You don't. You're not seeing Woody from Toy Story. You're seeing Lawrence from from volunteers from volunteers, (laughs) who is just like he's he's like well, I guess there's no one else to do this.
0: This is like it'll be me. This might be the most Bugs Bunny uh, performance of Tom Hanks we've seen to date. Yeah, and that's wonderful. I this I love this character. I love how he's very different from a lot of the early Tom Hanks, especially because they get a little samey. Like even when he shows up, he looks just like. uh, his character from Dragnet or Scott Turner from Turner and Hooch. Yep. He, like, it's the blue shirt with a tie. Like, he looks, he looks just like any other, but as soon as he starts talking, as soon as he starts behaving, it's like, this is a new guy. I, I don't know this say, guy.
1: that was my favorite part of watching this with Elvis because Elvis hadn't seen this movie before and I've seen it several times. My favorite part was looking over at Elvis when he first talked. because <laughs> I want to see Elvis's face when Tom Hanks uses his accent for the first time and, t- uh, and
0: Elvis kind of gave this look of, wait, is this serious? Alright, <laughs> this is serious. We're going with this. <laughs> I'm all in. I mean, it, it was better than than any of his accents in Cloud Atlas, and yeah. I would say better than uh, even Felix fucking Finch. Felix fucking Finch. <laughs> well, there's a couple more things I just wanted a to quick touch upon, uh, and uh, get uh, get your opinion or just just great quotes. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, we ought to mention this. maybe the best quote of the movie is Jesus H. Christ. We must be a mile from the sun. <laughs> yes. Right as he walks out of the plane, it's super hot. Like, what a great... Just a great line. Like, I, that's someone I want to incorporate in my was real life. I say,
1: if you can pepper that in anywhere in Los Angeles... That's perfect. Like, that's this is the best place to do it. Because you can walk outside one day and it's 110 degrees in the valley. You just go, Jesus H. Christ. It must be a mile
0: from the sun. So good. The line that the, it took me a minute to get because it's just so raunchy. Yeah. Uh, if you want to give a... Contact
1: lenses was was that oh yeah yeah uh, boy I sure hope she doesn't wear contact lenses when he's talking to the, the our lady deathstrike which I, what
0: is her name her name is Lucille Lucille yeah but she they was that was kind of where it got a little bit more racist where it's like let's make her say L's as ours and yeah like it's that. super racist and she's like she's saying basically she's
1: saying she's gonna do sexy things to him but if you haven't
0: seen the movie we call her lady deathstrike because she's got those claws like she's, lady deathstrike from X two she's got the nails yeah they yeah. just they just dig into everything and uh yeah she's
1: saying she's gonna do sexy things to him to kind of you know use her feminine wiles to femme fatale him and uh he looks at her in the face as she's on her knees in front of him and he goes well i hope she doesn't wear contact lenses and it's immediately a i'm gonna come in her eye joke
0: yeah because he it's been a very long time
1: oh yeah yeah it's just like i'm this i don't know where this is going so be careful (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, just other details I love uh, I love the line where he's it's at the beginning where he's talking with his father mm-hmm. where the father has the fantasy that he was, he was an orphan yeah, that they like, adopted he's an orphan but, like that's a joke you've heard from the son's point of view right. many times, I've never heard it from the father's point no. of view awesome, just I, great I regret the day we picked you up
1: from the orphanage
0: dad, I'm your son your natural son
1: Yes, well, that's the fantasy I like to live out every once in a while. Oh my gosh. Oh my god!
0: It's perfect. Uh, We, uh, oh god, the people, the people on the plane singing "Puff the Magic Dragon." Yep. That was just like I, I I caught it like about halfway through they were singing. I was like,
1: "This is amazing!" Yep. They're flying to. And it's and it's
0: so terrible because it's so obvious. None of the actors are singing; they're just like lip syncing, and it's not the song because they had to throw it in post. Yeah, and they're rocking back and forth at the wrong beat, and Mm -hmm. it's just. God, you
1: guys, you're something else.
0: Um, there's, obviously, the there's a, towards the end, there's a big reference to uh, the bridge uh, over the river Kwai. Yep, with the... And and even um, John Candy, before he blows it up, just says, what have I done? Yep.
1: Uh, Which, I, if Samantha listens to this podcast, she's going to hate the fact that I just
0: whistled that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hopefully she does. Yes. Uh... So she comes back even angrier when we talk about you've got mail. Eventually, she, she will slit my throat for whistling. It shall be great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's the part where they uh, ha- where he completely out of nowhere has a bar with a neon sign that says Lawrence's, and it's completely ripping off Casablanca. And then yeah. they have the guy play as time goes by. Right, and the guy's name is Sam, which it probably isn't Sam, but he says Sam he's just playing again it's just like oh my god and that we tried it again Sam there, there, in that scene there was another one of my favorite little like you knew it was coming like, I mean I knew it was coming because I've watched movies for a million years now and so I can see like, oh this will have a payoff later yeah. but when they introduced the blind grandfather of Act yeah. it's like I wonder when we'll see him again and he's just the bartender at this bar yeah. that was great cleaning glasses like that's the guy you want yes, sure that is the, the guy I want yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, blind
1: guy he's, he's just gonna do a great job trust me
0: if this Tom Hanks movie was were an ice cream flavor. What would it be? Ooh.
1: I think this is gonna be Have uh, if you read Moose Tracks, familiar with that one? Moose Tracks. that's uh, like the fudge chocolate in the chocolate. So it's got it's got the little pieces of chocolate in there that are like little slivers of chocolate. Yes, it's yes. That's our John candy. Ooh. Then it
0: has I was kinda hoping we'd have Reese's pieces to be our John Candy.
1: Well Wait, the little peanut butter cup's in it? That's a Rita Wilson.
0: Oh, why is Rita Wilson the peanut butter cup? Because what brings everything all
1: together is Tom Hanks. Which is? The wonderfully amazing chocolate-flavored ice
0: cream. Oh, my God. Moose Tracks. Moose Tracks. Moose it, Tracks. It's,
1: it's great. And it seems
0: appropriate for John Candy, but I'm just jumping to Great Outdoors now. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, it just works on so many levels. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I like it. I, I, and to me, you can't have a great ice cream without... Two solid ingredients, and you know ice cream is good on its own. Tom Hanks is really good on its mm-hmm. own, but
0: as we saw in Castaway, but you but Castaway's almost vanilla. What did we give? We didn't give that one. A, that was before we did the ice cream. Ice cream I really? guess maybe t- maybe a Castaway is vanilla with a little bit of M and M's in it. That's Wilson. Yes, Wilson. 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 Which I played, you, oh, it's, it's perfect. perfect. <laughs> it's, it's, it's perfect, and and it's even more perfect because that was the movie where where uh, what's his name Zemeckis talks about the trailer. It's like audiences just want want the trailer to tell them exactly what they're getting. It's the McDonald's of movies. And yep. McDonald's, you go and you get the the McFlurry, which is just vanilla McDonald's ice cream with and M&M's. M&M's. So this is great. This is unprecedented. We're doing two Tom Hanks flavors for two different movies. It works. Castaway is obviously vanilla with, with M&M's because yep. Tom Hanks is the base ice cream. Yes. And in this one, it's uh, Moose Tracks. Moose yeah. That's delicious. I'm going to get some ice cream after we top talk. We should, we should probably do that. We'll get some, some moose tracks. You should too. Uh, join us next week. Oh, no, I'll have to do that because I don't know what next week is. Yeah. But I'll do that in the end. Uh, Cody. Yes. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so Pleasure. much for suggesting volunteers. It was yeah. one I wanted to get to, but the fact that you wanted to do it made it like all happen yeah, all, the, all the more quickly, and now I have this wonderful movie in my life.
1: Yeah. And hopefully
0: our listeners do too. Yeah, and
1: then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to uh, suggest any future ones. I'm sure you're, you're well-versed in your Tom Hanks more oh, than yes. me. But, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here and happy to, to be able to do this with you. Uh,
0: anything you want to plug?
1: Um, nothing right now. I'm trying to uh, get together and maybe uh, help out Elvis with a few more things. I know that he's working on this wonderful, uh, wonderful little ways to promote this podcast
0: oh yeah you've seen i'm sure you've by now you've seen some of cody's work
1: yeah um he's I, that
0: fucking felix finch right there
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just i i want to apologize to everyone for that <laughs> and uh i no. want to keep thanking elvis for revealing me in to help him out with these it, it's definitely made me uh made me realize i need to become a better uh better iphone filmer <laughs> yes no he's, he's
0: been terrific like he didn't drop my phone into the pool once during castaway and yeah that
1: was remarkable if you watch that castaway i'm actually in a 12 foot pool like Twelve foot deep, and I'm swimming with it over my
0: head. Yeah, he, had, he has no—he can't use his arms because he's got to hold the phone. You no, know, it's all leg power. Just that's, so you know, that's, he's got some strong legs. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you again. Uh, find him on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to plug anything. At Fuck Instagram,
1: it. at Instagram is Cody N Camp. Uh, Twitter is Cody Camp. Super simple.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's
1: that's my plugs for it. My Twitter is not nearly as funny as as Elvis's is.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> follow me at Elvis Kunish on all things. Follow, of course, at Splot Studios. Yes. Oh, I'll probably do this at the end. Whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll do it here, too. Uh, yeah. And, of course, follow at Tom Hanks Pod. Send us an email at TomHanksPod at gmail.com. I always get that first at thrown in there because I'm thrown off by the other social medias. Uh, this has been great. Yeah. Uh, that is our conversation. Wonderful. About volunteers. Thanks for volunteering.
1: <laughs> Thanks for letting me volunteer.
0: All right, thanks for listening, everybody. That was our episode on volunteers. Uh, Big thanks to Cody once more for being on the show and all of his help with the Tom giving leftovers. Again, don't forget to check those out. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, uh, leave comments, and uh, let people know that this podcast exists because it's a great show about a great man, the man Tom Hanks himself. And we'll be back next week on Tuesday with Captain Phillips. Tom Hanks. We fell in love with you, Tom Hanks, just like so many do deeply, because you made us smile, and you're great on screen style, so that's why we give thanks, cause you've got a friend.